The Giddy Up Bag of Tips for Oz Equipment Rentals. Supplying equipment to the construction, mining and roadworks industries. OzEquipment.com And the mighty Ultima Hotel in the heart of the Mallee. Head down to the Ultima Hotel this week and have a pot, quiet pop with our great mate, Shane Bennett. Um, it's a different Wednesday today because you've got Australia Day racing. So there's a few metropolitan meetings this week, especially in Victoria and in New South Wales. So we're only racing at Gosford, not only racing, but we're racing at Gosford today because you've got that Warwick Farm meeting on Australia Day there in Sydney. Then they've got their metropolitan meeting on a Saturday also in Sydney. Mickey Gannon is back. Hello to you, Mickey. Hey, mate. What are we making favourite at Gosford today? Gambling responsibly, of course. Of course, yeah. Interesting meeting. Really good to see Gosford there on a Wednesday. Uh, I think we'll go race five, number two, not a bad buy uh, for Team Waterhouse and Bot Hippo aboard. Has a really good first up record, G. Uh, winner of two from four first up. Spent a bit of time down in Victoria. Now comes back up this way. I think the key of this galloper is 1,600 metres. Um, that start at Gosford, if you can sort of just the wide barrier is not a huge concern because you can just sort of cut the cut the corner cut the angle find the front once you find the front there you're very very hard to run down and then you've got obviously hippo aboard a, a waterhouse spot horse so uh, i think you're getting a good price about it race five number two not a bad buy g and uh i think that's about the only value play on the card i thought race three number 12 fickle would be hard to beat but around two dollars i probably just couldn't chime into it so just uh just the one play for me mate race five number two not a bad buy all right then you're not a bad buy at all mate you enjoy your day travel safely thank you thank you um dean watling from deanwatling.com joins us g'day dino Morning, Gareth, and good morning to all the listeners. Now, I'm excited about trial time most weeks, but I'm really excited this week. We just even had Imperatrice trial at Mornington. It was a soft trial for more reports. I haven't had a close look at the replay because it was happening while I was on air, but um, that was a trial for her at Mornington. We'll see her at the races now, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. We've got horses popping up everywhere. I'm just looking through Sydney over the last two weeks. We have an absolute stack. Victoria as well. So there's plenty to cover around 10 o'clock for trial time, Gareth. So hopefully we can make a little bit of money prior to that. All right, then who are we backing at Gosford? Interesting meeting. Obviously, we've got the Australia Day meeting on Friday, Warwick Farm. So it's a provincial meeting for a Wednesday up here in Sydney. Gosford rather than the true. So expect them to sort of get the lanes two plus in the straight. You should be able to run on today. I think there's two good bets to round out the program. We're going to go to race six, number one, Memoria. Two from two, fresh this horse. Trials this time in suggest that she could potentially go three from three. The concern is uh, the lack of a senior jockey. Uh, the Osmond's on, takes three kilo claim. Looks really well placed in benchmark 64 grade. Just not sure if she's a mare that needs a senior jockey in saying that. Should find the front and prove really hard to beat. I want to be against the, the five in this race. Comes out of a stronger event, but dropping back in grade second up just screams to me maybe... They don't have the best opinion of that horse. So, key to start with race six, number one, Memoria. And then we round up the day, the best bet of the day. Race seven, number four, Coco Dreaming. Terrific effort first up and the best uh, late splits of the entire meeting. Looks to me to be a horse who will improve over the 1,200 metres. Gate eight reads well, good speed up front. And like I mentioned, the track should play fair. So, if they're going hard enough up front, I expect Coco Dreaming to run over the top of them late there. So, we're going to play the last two races of the day there. And hopefully get the chocolate scarf. All right, mate. What would be your very best? Yeah, race seven, number four, Coco Dream. Dollar eighty, short enough, but I expect it to start around that dollar sixty price once the big guys chime in later in the day. All right, mate. Thanks for that. We appreciate your help as always.
Thanks, mate. There's Dean Watling from DeanWatling.com. Always great to catch up with Clinton McDonald. He's got some nice chances throughout the week in Victoria, but especially at Sandown today. G'day, Clint. Hello, great man. What's doing? Oh, very little, mate. Very little. We've got some nice um, chances there today. We've got Kaido first of all. We're getting um, winning last start. You get the informed Celine Gaudry. Can Kaido go back to back? This son of Rich Enough, named after yeah. you. Or the sire, yeah, anyway. I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, I think he's going really well, the horse. It's taken us a while to get him into form. Uh, he's been a bit of a problem child and uh, his head was on the, uh, you know, he was going to be on the English online auction uh, before last start, which he did. So uh, he's come on from the race. He looks great. Uh, we haven't done a lot with him. And I think Celine might have the key to him in just sort of putting the hands in the neck and just letting him sort of flow and get into a good rhythm. And uh, he seemed to uh, find the line strongly the other day. Shack attack stays at the six fur or the seven furlongs of 1400 metres. Great to see Benny Mellon back in the, the saddle after that injury layoff. Um, I've, think we can forget his run the other day at, at Geelong? Yeah, most definitely. It was one of those tracks, wasn't it? You know, yeah. he needed to be next to the fence. The only horse that really got out wide was Langfur of Danny O'Brien. So uh, the race just didn't pan out at all. It was just a, it was a muddly run race. He sort of clipped heels, then uh, Celine dropped the rein and just nothing went right. So horse seems to be in good order. Uh, he should get a really good run from the barrier. And uh, I think if that happens with Benny Malamon, hopefully we can give him his uh, first winner back. Are we um, betting today? Uh, I'd probably be having something on Shack Attack. All right, then. Then you've got some great chances there um, right throughout the week. Does Acid Wash go to the Valley, or it looks a nice race at Packenham for Acid Wash? Yeah, at the moment, there's only seven acceptors at Mooney Valley, so I'd say that you'll most likely go there. We're just waiting for the barriers to come out just to okay. give you the best option, you know. So the horse is in great shape. Uh, wherever he goes, he'll be very competitive. Uh, I think he's a really nice horse in the making, and... Uh, yeah, he's done everything right. All right, then. Have you got any winners for us throughout the week? Acid Wash is well above average, so looking forward to seeing what he can do. Um, but apart from that, um, what else should we be backing from the McDonald camp? Uh, yeah, we've got a nice bunch of horses. You know, I think Flying Knee's a really nice horse. He won well the other yeah. day at Yarra Valley, and he strips a lot fitter uh, going to Packenham. Uh, I like him, but it's a, you know, it's a step up in grade. I think he can run well. Hey, Sugi's a really nice filly. Uh, she's going to the Blue Diamond preview on Friday. She can yep. run well. And we've got Flying on a Limb in, on Saturday who's going well. So we've got a good bunch of horses going to the races and hopefully we can strike a blow. How good is Hayasugi? Um, I think she's very good. I think she's improved. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think she's a, a, a high-class filly. So she's only had the one jump out going into Friday. Mm. So whatever she does on Friday, there's plenty of improvement there. And we've done that on purpose. Um so, yeah, really keen to see her on Friday. I think she's uh, come back a lot better. Are you heading to Croker? Uh, no, I'm not. Okay, then. You bought enough horses at Magic Millions then, did you? Oh, uh, not yet. Not yet. Melbourne English is my go. So, good value. Pound for pound, I reckon, it's the best sale. So, that's that's where we'll head. All right, mate. Thanks for your time, as always. Good luck this week. No worries. Thanks, He's a star, C. McDonald. Let's um, catch up talking about stars. Here's Mitchie Lewis. Good morning, Mitch. Morning, Gareth. How are you today? Good, thank you, mate. There's plenty of racing this week to look forward to, but we're heading to the hillside track at Melbourne um, this afternoon. So where do we start with your specials? Right, so we're going to kick off in race three. I'm keen to be with number six, Catahoula, for the Hawks team. So this horse resumes today. It's, for, it's her second career prep. I thought she finished her last prep in some pretty handy level races at Flemington and Sandown. Um, so I think... 
the trial didn't blow your hair back or anything like that. But I just think I like the setup for her here today on the hillside track. There's going to be enough speed on and she'll get a nice big long run in. So I think she looks well placed here today. She shortened up a little bit since we mentioned her yesterday. Perhaps there'll be a late drift given yesterday's um, Super Vogue run with the Hawk Stables confidence. But no, I, I think she can win this race. Yeah, I think she's a little bit better than Super Vogue. So um, <laughs> what else have you got for us, mate? Race seven, number 10, exceed the dream for the Ma Eustace team. So it was a winner two starts back at Mooney Valley. I really liked that run. It was against the pattern and then came second, went back to the valley, was second next start behind Intrepid Eagle. There was a couple of little issues in the run. She was a little bit wide. And again, she goes a little bit further back than what you'd expect. So I think she's well placed here today now with a little freshen up. Craig Williams in the saddle. I think she's figured it out this prep. She's had a winner two seconds. So I think, She'll go well there. All right, then. And the final of your best bets? Race eight, number three, hard to cross for Paddy Payne. So this horse is third up today. He's two from two when he's third up. Up to the 1,800 metres. Big positive again. And he really likes this track. He's had four starts here. One, two of those and third in another. I think third up, you're expecting him to sort of peak here today. So hard to cross in the last. I've got a little degree of confidence about him at some better value. Love it, mate. What about at Port Lincoln today? It's interesting today at Port Lincoln. It's very open. So if, if I'm if I'm betting there today, if you wanted to follow some of my tips, I'd be, I'd be just cautious with your staking levels because, yeah, it's, it's a little bit all over the shop today with how open it is. But yesterday we mentioned race seven, number nine, Vintage Folly. We didn't quite get the $10 we want, but I think she's an each-way play on your sort of one to three basis, heavier the place because she's probably going to go forwards and lead them up. And that's been the prime position at Lincoln recently. I just think, like I said, it's quite open race, but I think a place bet with a horse that's got a light weight on its back is a good shout. And then in race eight, number two, Artful Ambition, a very consistent horse. We're going to have our sort of heart in our mouth, Gareth, as we watch her, because he goes back a little bit and runs on. He always hits the line hard. Mm -hmm. I'm just expecting Stacey Metcalf to push him a little bit more forward than usual from barrier five. And if that is the case and he gets a clear run in the straight, you know he'll be around the mark and he's been very well supported. So I think... Um, if he lands in the right position in the run, uh, he's going to shake this race for us. Beautiful, mate. Beautiful, mate. Good luck today. And um, we'll catch you tomorrow for a different type of weekend preview. In fact, for all our weekend preview fans, we're doing two weekend previews this week because you've got that Australian Day on Friday with Metropolitan Races, especially at Warwick Farm and Caulfield. And then, of course, you've got the Saturday meeting. So looking forward to that, mate. And we're back at the Valley Saturday, Gareth. So exciting times for me through these previews this week. All right, then. Go and get it, Mitchie. Thanks for that. Have a good have a good day, mate, and good luck, punters. 9.33, let's take the news. Let's find you a winner in Tube, and welcome back to Giddy Up this Wednesday. The Golden Grey Summer Carnival has arrived at Albion Park, and Chris Nelson's done the form there. Chris at Doombin on this Wednesday. G'day, Chris O. Good morning, Gareth. We're just having a chat about jockey premierships before with the Wednesday debate, and J-Mac's going to be interesting whether he can make up that ground on Nashville Wheeler, Tyler Schiller and Jason Collett. You would think that he would. Um, but then you have a look at the other jurisdictions. There's William Pike. He'll miss three months and still bolt mm-hmm. home the WA premiership. Damien Lane's 20 in front of his nearest rival, and I can't see him really getting beat with the form that he is in. And then you've got James Allman, who is becoming a little bit like Pike in a way. He's 
clearly the dominant rider at the moment in Queensland looking at the premiership numbers. Yeah, he's flying. He's, what, 64 wins? Yeah. Um, this was as of before last Saturday, and 39 for, for Ben Thompson. But, yeah, there's a big gap there. No doubt Benny Thompson will be trying to close that gap. It, so, look, they both ride for Tony Golan, but Jimmy Orman also gets rides for, uh, for Chris Waller, uh, which is crucial. And Chris Waller, of course, is second on the premiership behind Tony Golan. So oh, I think my money would be on Jimmy Orman at this stage, but he'd be a pretty short price. Yeah, I think he's a dollar oh one, but um, yeah, he's flying, Jimmy. Is he the best jockey in your eyes in in Queensland? No, I still think Ryan Maloney is. Okay, there you uh, go. I, I love Ryan Maloney, and uh, yep, well, not in a sense, but I love him as a jockey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought no, I thought you were going to say I love Ryan Maloney, but not like I love tags. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, that tag story yesterday about those speeding tickets in the glove box or the parking fines—that oh, was hilarious. Oh, that yeah. cracked me up. That. It was a classic. What about the poor? What about the poor bloke yeah. who gave his car away and got locked up? You're not paying. Uh, what was, a mate! Yeah, what a mate! What a mate! Hey, no, mate, I'm giving you this car for a thousand. It's a bargain. Like he's got thirty thousand dollars worth of parking fines. The bloke was in jail for six months. Oh, um, poor guy. Um, what are we doing at Doombin today? All righty, race two is the best bet of the day, and I think we can get black figures, and that's number five, two wish, or we should some stage. Uh, two wishes had the one start, so we did mention this one yesterday. Ran fifth at Doombin from gate nine of 11. Uh, Jimmy Orman rode that day and had no option then to go back, and the horse ran on quite well. She's a mare, four-year-old mare. Today, she's got a much better draw. I don't think the 1,200 metres is an issue, and I think it is an issue for some of these others. I, I never really liked first starters at 1,200 metres, and she's got that run under the belt. So I think she'll be too good for these. That's number five, two wish. Uh, now, it gets a bit tougher after that. Race three, number four, Sharp Dazzler, was a real eye-catcher at Doombin two weeks ago. That was at the end of 13.50. He just couldn't get a crack at them until too late. The horse had well and truly bolted there, but he did run on. And he gets to 16.50 today. Now, the problem is he's got a very wide gate, so I'd suggest Ryan Maloney will go back, and hopefully they can make ground. We do have a nine-and-a-half-metre rail, but 16.50, sometimes they can. So I'll take the punt and back it each way. Race, five, uh, race three, number four, Sharp Dazzler. And race five, this has really fallen away. Heat the scratchings. We've gone from a field of 12 to a field of five. Mm-hmm. Ring of Steel's very short. I think he's a bit of a risk. Oh, look, if he wins today and wins clearly, then yes, okay, I'll admit I was wrong and he might be better than I thought. But he dropped back heavily in grade to win last start and he's back up in grade again here. Fumiko, number 11. In the small field, she can't get too far back. And their last run, their excuses. Their two previous runs were okay. You know she's going to finish off. So I know it's only a pay one, two, but we'll have something each way, number 11, Fumico, to knock off Ring of Steel. We've had a few of the big stars step out in Sydney and Melbourne of recent times. Um, any in Queensland that will be trialling soon, Chris, though, that have caught your eye? No, they're pretty quiet at the moment. They we are. had some trials at, uh, at Deegan yesterday. Uh, no, it'll be pretty quiet here for the next probably... Uh, well, we'll get a few of Tony Gollins and uh, and Robbie Heathcote will have a couple, no doubt. Tony Gollins will be the most, uh, or be the one that has the most, that might be heading into state, but uh, we haven't seen them as yet. Mm-hmm. We'll keep a close eye there anyway. Uncommon I will keep James? a close eye on that. What's he doing? I haven't, I haven't seen him for a while. Mm. Um, I haven't seen him for a while. I'll have to check out what's happened to him. Might, we might, um, I might chase that up now. Yes, I'm sure uh, Matty Hoisted would be more than happy to have a chat. Yep. Good on you, mate. Thanks for that, Chris. So enjoy your day. You too. Thanks, Gareth. The Golden Grey Summer Carnival lights up at Albion Park this month. We feature racing every Thursday night. Mitchie Bay will be our man. We'll get him on tomorrow to help us back a winner at the Albion Park Dogs.
9.40, let's take a break. Riley Morgan will join us next to help us back a winner there in the West. They're racing at Belmont on this Wednesday afternoon. This is Giddy Up on this Wednesday morning. It's a quarter to ten in the east, uh, quarter to nine in Queensland. It's quarter to seven in Queensland, I mean, I should say in WA. Um, 16 minutes past nine in South Australia. And a big hello to our friends in New Zealand. We'll be there next week. Um, it's 11.46 there, but let's catch up with Riley Morgan, who's done the form for us at Belmont across there in the west. G'day, Riley. Hello, Gareth. How are you? I am well, mate. Um, how do we back a winner there at Belmont? Where do we start with your specials? Uh, we're hoping we can find a, a couple of winners early on the program today, Gareth. Race two, number two is my best bet on the program, Gold Citation. I think this horse he resumes here. Off a really strong race and trial, he went to the line alongside Sapphire Street, who was uh, subsequently a very impressive Saturday three-year-old winner over the weekend. And in his initial campaign, he ran second to now Group 1 place, Oscar's Fortune, who we saw get a slot in the quokka. Uh, over the course of this week on two separate occasions and those form lines, uh, evidently they jump off the page. So I think he's going to park right in behind the speed there from barrier two in the small field today. And if Sean McGrady gets the, the room to move when he needs it, he's going to be very hard to beat first up. Race two, number two, gold citation. Race three, number eight for me, Gareth, Blazing Emerald for Danny Morton. This horse drops back to a class one here after a, a really strong third placing in Saturday three-year-old grade last start at 1,400 metres in a race. It's already produced a, an open-class winner from it. So I think that's form you can follow with a little bit of confidence. She's a, a filly who's always raced like she'd appreciate a bit further than the seven furlongs. So she steps up to the mile here today. And I think that's comfortably the strongest form. You're getting $4.40. Uh, my Jimmy, who's a favourite in the race, comes through a maiden victory. And while it was a, a very strong maiden win and, and did plenty of work throughout. I just think that he's a little under the odds there at 220 opposed to $4.40 we can get for Blazing Emerald. So happy to be with her there in the race three at number eight. And my final play, just a small each way play, race four, number 14, Ruby Glass for Sean McGrady. That man again and, and David Harrison, this horse has been trolling up really nicely for her return. And I think she should enjoy close to the run of the race from the barrier there in barrier five. And she actually beat home WA Guineas winner and now Group 1 place to zip away at 1,200 metres in her initial campaign. I think the way she's been trialling, she can certainly run a race first up there today as well. So race four, number 14, Rubik Lass, each way to round out my selections. Love to get your philosophy on this. We had a chat to Terry Layton on Saturday when the late riding changes came through for William Pike and it says it does affect his staking and how much he invests on WA racing because he thinks Pike is such a big advantage and he can bet with confidence when he backs his horses what about yourself, mate? Does it change the way that you go about your punting with no pike? Yeah, it certainly does. And you, we, we hear a lot about that pike tax over here, Gareth. And I, I think certainly over the next, I guess, three months, it's going to make things a far more level playing field. And you, you're going to get better prices for horses that you might really like. But because he's not aboard, like we saw over the weekend, a lot of horses that pike was supposed to be riding, uh, for example, like a fluoro neuro in, in the last race there, it was $3.50 when Pike was on. You get the jockey chains, Jason Biding on, and no disrespect to Jason Biding, but he's just not a, a rider of the sort of horse that fluoro neuro is in the same vein that Pike would be. And we saw that horse drift out to sort of $5.50, $6 late in the piece. So it's going to happen a lot more over the next sort of two to three months. And I think while it's a bit more of a level, level playing field, if you do like one, that William Pike would, would have been riding if he wasn't injured, you're going to get a much better price about it.
Love your work, mate. Let's hope we can find a few winners today at Belmont. Thanks for that, Riley. Beautiful. Fingers crossed. Thanks, Gareth. There's Riley Morgan there. Let's take a break. We'll come back with Butch Castles, who's done the form for us at Matter Matter on this Wednesday in there, uh, um, down there, I should say, in New Zealand. Oh, yeah, the boy can Welcome back to Giddy Up. This is Bag of Tips. Thanks to Oz Equipment Rentals. Look them up at ozequipment.com and the mighty Ultima Hotel in the heart of the Mallee. Go and have a fresh beer with our great mate Shane Bennett. Butch Castles is ready to go. You'll have a few beers over the weekend. They've got races at Matter Matter today. Hello to you, Butch. Yeah, g'day. Uh, how are you going, Gareth? I am well, mate. Um, what are we doing from a punting perspective, first of all, today in New Zealand? Where yeah. do we start? Yeah, matter, matter today, as you say, a bit of a twilight meeting, so nice timing into your jurisdiction. Go race two, number 11, Inspired by Art. Only been to the races twice. Uh, both of them it's uh, come second. Both been good runs as well. I think it gets its chance today. $2.40 into two twenty since scratching. So I think uh, Wittamu Pin, who well known to listeners, your side of the Tasman, can get the job done. So race two, number 11, Inspired by Art. We'll go to race four. I think it's a good horse, this. Uh, running midweek, it'll be in better company uh, in the not-too-distant future. In fact, one on Livermore Classic Day at Hastings. So it's a good horse. We'll go race four, number two, Financier, out of the Stephen Marsh stable. $2.80 into $2.50. It's had two starts at the 1,400 metres of today and has won both of them. There's a good third resuming in a strong field, and I think up to 1,400 metres should be winning today. So race four, number two, Financier to go. With race two, number 11, inspired by art out of the Tiakau team. Been busy morning for Tiakau. They had Imperatry. She trailed pretty nicely at Mornington today. She looks like she, this is quite scary. Um, we might catch up with Benny Gleeson in the next hour, but she might have come back bigger and better. Yeah, well, that's, it is scary to say, isn't it? She was just so impressive last preparation. So good, fresh as well. And uh, if she's come back bigger and better, maybe she's going to need to be there. They all yes. wanted to... Uh, Take her on. She's going to uh, meet some uh, horses that she didn't meet last prep, the likes of uh, I Wish I Win by the Sounds and horses heading down from Sydney. So they're going to come to her, dung heap, so to speak, and look to see if they can uh, knock her off her perch. But it's a pretty lofty perch, and she's uh, absolutely mm-hmm. out of the top draw. So they'll need to be right on their game, won't they? And Tiako have confirmed their jockeys. Their riding engagements for Saturday. Um, Bellatrix Star, Warren Kennedy, Cool and Fast, Opie. Marikatu, Blake Shin picks up the rider. Michael McNabb writes, when stars are lined. And the three-year-old, Tokyo Tycoon, Opie, and Warren Kennedy rides Taliska. So there you go, mate. So Opie's decided to ride your horse. Yeah, he has. So that's uh, a real uh, positive. Um, I think he worked up uh, nice enough this morning for Opie to give him the tick and got Blake Shin on Marikatu, so I wouldn't have thought uh, losing too much there either with his international experience and uh, the thorough professional that he is will have done his homework uh, on Marikatu, who uh, will be some sort of chance, just need a good barrier tonight, those barrier draws this evening, and uh, they'll uh, add real interest as to uh, where horses draw. We know last year, of course, Tokyo Tycoon drew the outside, and uh, that uh, led to Opie choosing another mount, but it uh, didn't matter last year with him weaving his way through. But barrier draws are uh, a huge help around Ellerslie, so that will be uh, everyone will be watching with bated breath around nine o'clock this evening. So we had Guy Moldcast um, 
for our podcast, Breeding Bloodstock and Banter, and he did mention that, but has it changed a little bit with the camber and the new track at Ellerslie, or is it just still that the, the barriers are so important there? Oh, look, it's a, it's a 1,200 metre start. It's not the best start in the world, make yep. no mistake. It's, it's, at a, it's at a bit of a funny pace. They have to put the rail out. They create a, uh, a rail into the first corner, and they're on the rise the whole time. So okay. they're going up and turning at the same time. So, look, a barrier draw at Ellerslie. The captain's right on this one. Oh, uh, I can assure you that with all my time at Ellerslie, barrier draws as important as they are in most races, 1,200 metres at Ellerslie, they are certainly important. Not to say the company won from the outside. The very first Caraca Million, I remember, Vincent Mangano, yes. uh, got the job done from the outside gate. So. I've got about 30 seconds, but my mail is that the captain will be putting his hand up at this auction for this slot race because he might have purchased a few nice Kiwis last year and with Chris Waller and anything, well, I can't. I've got no other option but to buy a slot. So whoever is bidding up against the captain, make sure you bid him up as much as possible. He's got plenty anyway. He'll be yep. fine. But make sure you get him for everything that you've got because he has robbed New Zealand racing for so long anyway. Hey, good on you, mate. Thanks for that, Butch. Good man. See There's ya. Butch Castles there. It's quickly approaching 10 o'clock here on Giddy Up. You're with Gareth Hall on this Wednesday. Trial time with Dean Watling coming up next. This is Giddy Up, Gareth Hall with you this Wednesday morning. It's great to be with you. We nearly finished bag of tips. Thanks to Oz Equipment Rentals, supplying equipment to the construction, mining and roadworks industries. OzEquipment.com. Always great to catch up with Darren Carroll. He's ready to go to try and find us a few winners at the Mildura Trots tonight. G'day, Daz. Morning, Gareth. Um, yeah, the um, fair few scratchings tonight. I think um, the Douglas team has scratched all their runners. So the market's a bit all over the place, but they're starting to settle. Um, there's two races I like, um, stable mates actually, so both Aaron Code and uh, Wayne Hill driven runners. Um, race two is the first one and the market's right against me here, so um, I like uh, race two number five, Let's Go Cresco. Um, the key to the race is what happens in the first 200 metres. It's got really good gate speed, but so does um, Mark Hugh and um, they've backed it quite substantially this morning, but I'm banking on Wayne Hill being able to cross. So, going to be very, very interesting. It's out to 460 roughly at the moment, and I think that's a really good bet. So it's only had the five runs for this stable, and um, it's won on a couple of occasions. Uh, it's actually got broken hill form, Gareth, but don't worry about that. No. Um, and, um, yeah, if it finds a lead, I think it'll be winning. So um, just a matter of what happens on the first corner. So race two, number five, I like. And the other one I like is race three, number four, South poor slugger. It's only had the one run for Aaron Code. Um, got it wrong at the start, but uh, it's mid-race sectional for outstanding for a race at Jura. And um, I just think if it does everything right tonight, um, he'll be aggressive, he'll push forward. Looks like it can do work. And it's a good bet at around about $2.50. So they're the two. Race two, number five, into race three, number four. Both uh, same trainer, same driver. All right, then. So let's hope it's a it's a big night for you at Mildura. I think I found a winner in the Casey Classic. Yeah, I found a winner on, uh, on Saturday night, Gareth. The market's already been trimmed up. What do you got for me? Hurricane Harley leads and wins. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, yeah, better Eclipse holds the key to the race. Um, he's first up since he Dominion when he was outstanding through that whole series. He, um, he did lead initially in the Victoria Cup and he had a fair bit of speed outside him, so... 
but it's probably in his best interest to take a sit on Hurricane Harley and not have Don't, don't Stop Dreaming on his back. Is that what you're thinking? No, I just think he's got too much speed for him, Hurricane Harley. I think Greg Sugars has learned from previous encounters that if he hustles that horse from gate one, he can't win. Yeah, it's it's the right horse to be sitting on. So, yeah, the market sort of found it. It's into $5. So, um, but Don't Stop Dreaming, the New Zealand has got an outstanding record as well, but it does have a very awkward draw. Um, he's really targeted this race so he can go straight through to the, the major races in Sydney. So he won't be... Won't be there for a trial, if you know what I mean. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. So what have you found well, for us? The one I really like is our horse, Sergeant Lou, Gareth. Yes. Um, the one I, I tipped strongly at Shepherd, And uh, they bet $8. Uh, crazy. Uh, I think it's a two-horse race to a large degree. So, uh, uniquely ideal created a really big impression in its two wins, and it did win well on Saturday night at Ballarat. But... Sergeant Lou looks the leader to me, and that means uniquely ideal has to sit outside. It opened up a dollar twenty-five, which was way too short. And Sergeant Lou's still two fifty, and I still think that's over. So, well, I think there's what nothing price? between. Eight dollars they Sergeant... bet. They bet eight dollars. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I had Sergeant Lou about dollar ninety, and the other one slightly ahead. So, I still think the two fifty is value. So, uh, especially because it's the leader. Um, so, yeah, I'm really keen on it. On Saturday night. Let's hope Michael Bellman doesn't go too slow. But I don't think you. No. I don't think you'll go too slow because he won't be allowed this to. This time, no. no. We'll see a really nice horse, I reckon. All right, mm. mate. I love the confidence. Two fifty. All right. All right then, mate. Cheers, Gareth. There we go. There's Darren Carroll. Simon Orchard joins us from the Dogs.com today. You g'day, Simon. Morning, G. How are you, my friend? Good, thank you, mate. What are we doing today? Bulleye and Richmond, uh, race six, number seven, Wilgulga Gal. Bit of a mouthful for uh, whoever's calling today. Wilgulga Gal, race six, number seven. At Bulleye, uh, one on debut about three weeks ago at the track. It was a good win. The format of the race is pretty good as well, G. Wally Wombat's run second, uh, has won since, who won second that day. The dog that ran 34 yeah, it went around the Future Stars Maiden. It's got form around off the Richter, who won brilliantly last night in the feature, the Summer Six Hundy Heat. So, well, Gulga Gal looks like a nice bet. Wide draw, maybe the only query, and it's probably why you're getting about $3, but I reckon it's the fastest dog in the race. If she can loop them early, she will win. We know Bulleye favours fast animals. So race six, number seven, will Gulga Gal. And then at Richmond tonight, race three, number seven, check the radar. Yes. Uh, she debuted over 500 last year. She's always looked like a star. She hit the line so hard last uh, week at Richmond behind a dog named Water Tease. It also went around in the feature races last night. So that form looks pretty good. As I said, has always looked like she wants 700. She gets it tonight. Uh, and the lineage is pretty good as well. She's a half-sister to Jungle Juice and the great Tommy Shelby. So race three, seven, check the radar at Richmond. Race six, seven, will Gulga Gal at Bulleye. And the Musselbrook Cup heats have just dropped, G, and I believe mm-hmm. it's the SEN's track. So hopefully SEN doing a bit of uh, OB work ahead of the Musselbrook Cup next Sunday. I'll be there, as well as every other employee from DRNSW. Looking forward to that at the SEN track, Musselbrook up in the Hunter Valley. Yeah, we'll be there for sure. I don't know who we'll be sending. Maybe Mitchie Bay or someone <laughs> like that. I, I can't make it, unfortunately, but you can represent us, mate. You're the heart and soul of our Greyhound coverage here on Giddy Up anyway. Born and raised in Musselbrook, mate. I'd love nothing more to go home and see how the old town's doing. All right, mate. You go and get there. Imagine that. The, 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 the hero returns. Thanks, mate. Hero. There we go. There's Simon Orchard from the dogs.com today. Yeah, Julie Marcus, what are we making out of the, well, the big bash tonight, I think, the Sydney Sixers a dollar seventy bet three six five Brisbane Heat two fifteen. I think the Sixers will win that. Do you agree? 
I've been with the Brisbane Heat, Gareth, since pretty much the start of the yes. tournament. And you go back one year, they went to Perth in the final and they came within a whisker of knocking them over over there. The Sixers have been one of the dominant teams since this competition began, along with the Scorchers. But I really feel like the table's set tonight for the Brisbane Heat, so I'm willing to go with them. Okay. I'm going with them at $2.15 with Bet365 to win their second championship tonight. Look, nothing would surprise me with the Sixers, but I think this has been the Heat's tournament to lose. And after losing the uh, the major semi at home, they didn't get to play at the Gabba because, of course, that's out for the test match starting tomorrow. They had to move that to the Gold Coast. I think they'll get them tonight. Been amazing Sixers. They come from nowhere, really. They just defeated the Scorchers at home, and then they got that second chance, and they defeated Brisbane at the Gold Coast. Now they get the home final. So, um, yeah, I'm just with the Sixers on their home ground. Medvedev at a dollar thirty-five, and Alcaraz at a dollar twenty. Do the favourites win? Yeah, their they respective get... quarterfinals. Yeah, they get through. I've seen, been lucky enough to see a couple of matches with Carlos Alcaraz in this Australian Open. This guy is going to be the guy for the next yep. 10 to 15 years. He's the, the finished product already, and he's still just a baby. Yet you look at him, and he is so physically strong. He is so fast across the court, and his shot-making, his shot selection is that of a 20-year pro. So I'm going with the favourites tonight, Medvedev and Alcaraz, to get through. But I look at the futures market with Bet365, and I know it is a bit risky to go against Novak in Melbourne because he has dominated this town for so long, but... Carlos Alcaraz at $3.40 right now yeah. to win the Australian Open. I can't walk past that, G. No, I agree with you. I think he's a bet there, Alcaraz. I don't know anything about tennis, but that's what my fleeting you, my tennis my tennis experts tell me, that he's a, he's a good bet. Um, good on you, Jules. Thanks for that. Thanks, G. There's Julie Marcus there.